We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson here with your post-Thanksgiving edition of Group Therapy, where everybody needs a hug after the Dallas Mavericks just lost... A really, really frustrating game to the Washington Wizards. Uh, Quick recap for those who didn't catch all of it live. A game devoid of defense in the first half resulted in the Mavericks scoring a season-high 69 points in the first half. Second half, things fell apart as the rim protection for the Mavericks never did show up. Luka Doncic's ankle uh, resulted in the offense sort of coming to an ugly place. The Wizards played really good defense on Chris Stapps Porzingis, who had been kind of an X factor in the first half, uh, resulting in him only getting one point in the second. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Con- continues to be warmed over ass uh, over the past five games. He's shooting 32% from the floor. Um, you know, this was just the kind of game where I think, you know, if we had did won it, we would have been talking about how it was a nice escape. And because the Mavericks lost it, it's another loss against a good team. Um, And make no mistake, the Wizards are a good team. They're fourth in the West. They're an odd team, but they're also playing without their second best player. And they still really handled the Mavs quite well. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. You know, it's funny. Our site took a lot of shit all weekend. And, you know, some of it rightfully so. I, I... posted an article of, that Xavier wrote the day after the Mavs had their biggest win of the season. And, and truth be told, between us girls here, um, I forgot that I had that thing scheduled. I probably wouldn't have ran it after the Clippers game to save us all some pain. But it was a post about how Xavier really doesn't think Kid is the guy for the job. Not necessarily because Kid is the worst coach in the world or anything like that, but in no small part because the Mavericks didn't change anything else about the roster. Kid really treated us to a poorly coached game um, that – 
challenged call against Maxi in the first quarter was really bad. Calling a timeout when the Mavericks were down four, also very bad because they had none left. Uh, continuing to play Willie Cauley-Stein and Dwight Powell, who are combined 20 minutes, two of seven from the floor for a combined negative 19, I think, in 20 minutes. And I don't think they shared the floor together ever. So that's where the Mavericks lost the game by playing those two. Um, not just playing them like like together, because I don't think that happened, but I mean playing them at all, because they're both bad and are in, in the league where big men are kind of div- – are, are the the supply uh, is it supply side? Yeah, there's more there's more of a dearth of or there's more of a, a a bonus of big men than there are of of guards and wings. The Mavericks somehow have a 75 person center rotation and all of, and, and only one of whom is is any good. Pretty maddening to watch. Um, yeah, uh, Andrew notes that Dwight Powell was a negative 12 in seven minutes. Yeah, I know. And then Willie Cauley Stein was a negative seven in 10 minutes as well. So that's where I got the negative 19 put together. Um, I don't know. I'm not mad. I'm I'm disappointed. I think would be would be the the phraseology I would use. So so let's come up on stage. Let's vent a little, and then let's get on out of dodge. Mainly because I'm a genius, and my phone has 14 percent uh, um, charge left. So let's go. All right, coming up first, John Hurt. How are you, John? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. First time here. Um, I'm going to start off with the bad and then go to the good, if that's okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, I, my expectations for this team really aren't high. Uh, I mean, I don't expect to win against good teams. And I'm just kind of, like, disappointed, like you said. Like, I'm just – it's just hard to see Luca and, like, a healthy KP on the court with, like, what I consider a bunch of scrubs, like, to play with him all the time. Like, Willie Cauley-Stein, Dwight Powell. I mean, really playing Dorian Finney-Smith over 30 minutes a night – um, I'm really not sold on Sterling Brown or Trey Burke. Uh, I just think this roster needs like almost a complete overhaul. Um, but at the end of the day, like Luke is really good and and KP healthy, so we're probably going to be around 500 and and hopefully you know make the playoffs and and uh, <laughs> not lose to the Clippers in the first round. Uh, but other than that, I just want to say thanks to uh, for this this uh, group and this is I've been listening to the pod forever. And this is my first time coming up to speak, and, and I just I just love this community. And even though you might get some crap for being a little negative, like it's totally warranted. Like Kid is not a great coach, and I don't expect much from him. But uh, this team just needs some work. But other than that, I'm I'm glad to be uh, <laughs> in a group where negativity is uh, or not criticism is you know okay. Well, thank you for joining, A, and thank you for the kind words. I think one thing that aspects of both, like, comment sections and Twitter gets lost is, like, there's just something much more visceral about reading criticism. Like, it's such – it's it's easy to read it in the most negative intent at all times. And, like, don't get me wrong. I live-tweet the game like an angry drunk at a sports bar. Like, there's zero question about that. Like, I at one of my tweets from, like, 2012 or something was actually in – a New York subway station when they did a, a campaign years and years ago, or I mean, it was like two or three years ago because I, I called it the best live sports bar. It's why I love Twitter. But when we're really talking about this and really when we come in here, it's like sometimes we get a little mean, but it's never, you know, it's like all this, like if we're talking on an app at, at you know, 1030 at night on the Saturday, we all kind of got to love the team to some degree or another. It might not be a very healthy relationship, but we definitely love the team. But yeah, thank you for joining. I hope you come back. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Kirk. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, 
Uh, wow, whole bunch of y'all. I'm going to bring up uh, names I don't, uh, just as always, guys, I'm going to bring up names that are, are either less common or new to me, and then we'll go to our regulars. So, Amar, what's happening? How you doing? Hit that unmute button. You hear me? Can. You sound good. Uh, I'm from London. It's five o'clock in the morning. I thought I'd stay up for that car crash. I don't know why. Oh, no. I'm but, so uh, sorry. It's uh, 5 o'clock in the morning here, so I thought I'd stay up for that car crash. I don't know why. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed by this roster, the construction of it. Um, I think the organization's a little bit warped by Luca, that this team's a title contender when it isn't. Um, I think they either need to go all in now and trade whatever draft picks they have or get more draft capital in. I just wanted to hear what you think. Ooh. So, so just for, for full context, everybody remembers. So what Amar's mentioning here is like the Mavericks owe the New York Knicks their draft pick next year, which means they're still a little bit hamstrung in their trade possibilities. They can only trade a 2025 and a 2027 and in theory, a 2029 draft pick, but that's so far out in the window, it, it really sort of hamstrings them. Um, and now they can't even trade the 2029 because of what they owe New York next year. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it, the point is, is they're, they're limited. And, and I would love them to find a way to acquire more capital, but I think what's going to happen is, you know, even with this loss, they're still going to be like fourth, fifth in the West. And because the West is just so ridiculous right now, I mean, the Lakers lost a triple overtime game last night. The King, you know, it, it's like the Grizzlies are going to be out with uh, John Morant for a while. The Mavericks are going to be top six in the West by default. And I don't think that that will ever be a plausible option while Cuban is so intent for the moment. Realistically, if we were to go back in time, I don't think we would trade for KP. Not because he's bad, but because I think the Mavs tried to get too good too quickly and then hamstrung themselves because it's just been the same team for three years now. Um, I I wouldn't. I wrote an article over the weekend where I would like to see them try to do something. I really think that like just with the you know half the time like getting to the finals is about injury luck more than more than raw talent. At least if you're a top four team, top three team, and and I think that you know if if they're gonna. I don't, I'm really reluctant to talk about KP's health because the bottom line is he has a, a lengthy track record of playing 15 good games and getting hurt. Um, and I don't want that. And so I don't want to talk about it. I don't even want to, you know, really even think about it, even though I do. So I'm just not, I, I think if they're hovering here at about the 40 game mark, if they're hovering like in the five to six games over 500 area, then I think they're going to try to do something. I just do because the, the, there's only so many bites at the apple that you have when you have a superstar like Luca and you never really know when he's going to get pissed off. And I, I just, him feeding guys tonight for open looks only to go clang, clang, clang like that, that shit's gotten yeah. old for us. I can't imagine how he feels. There's two things I would do. If we're five, six games over 500 after 40 games, I would either go all in and try and get Valachunas out of New Orleans, or if we want to give up uh, give up a player for capital, I'd give up Dorian Finney-Smith for a 2023 pick, and then we'll have all our picks. I mean, I I I, the, I think the, he's the, peaked. I, I 
love it is all I'm going to say. Cause I think if I start talking about Dorian, I'll talk for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm up for anything at this point because it's, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, everybody who really wants to see Moses Brown play. I want to be mad about new things. <laughs> That's where I want to be. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thank you very much for joining thank us. And I'm sorry that your day is going to get started like this. Thanks, Kurt. All right. Have a good night. All right. Coming up next. Tyron, welcome. Hit that unmute button there. Hey, what's going on, Kurt? Welcome, welcome. What can we do for you tonight? Yeah, so I just kind of want to piggyback off of what everybody's saying and kind of take it a different direction. Um, I mean, how often have we watched, you know, the opposing team? Like, hey, that guy used to play for us. Oh, that guy used to play for us, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a trend going on here. Nobody wants to play for the Mavericks. And, you know, for us being somewhere where, you know, you don't have to pay, you know, taxes and all that kind of stuff, large market, you know, a crazy fan base, this would be an ideal place to come play. And I think that, you know, the, the factor of all that is nobody wants to play for Mark Cuban. Well, I mean, if you've heard me, that's been my drumbeat for a while, and there's no really easy way to talk about it. And many, many Mavericks media people feel, I guess, the same way that the people who covered the Cowboys in the early 2000s felt, where it's just like, why are we talking about the color of the paint? Because we're never going to change that. And I think it's it's something we should talk about, but probably not be too much because it's not like we can really make a difference here. What I keep telling people who come at me and get super pissed at my takes, I'm like, please have the same energy for the fucking people that put this team together. I'm just a person here on the internet. Like I don't make any substantive changes. You know, it, it worries me to a degree when, when, you know, I hear that Cuban has to be sold on Luca and it's like, I, you know, all those of us who are draft nerds were like so in on him from the time he was 16 on and, it just it feels that he's way too involved. I don't really think there's any other way around that. But what are what are we going to do? I, I do think that that um, you know Raul Bulgaris was on Bill Simmons' podcast and he made some kind of interesting points about how you build a team around Luca. I know Raul Bob's not everybody's fan around here, but, but hear me out on this. He basically said that it takes a certain kind of guy to need to be able to play well with Luca, like someone that's going to be. Uh, a little okay with not seeing the ball a ton. Like Luca, you know, I, I don't like comparing Luca to James Harden, but the bottom line is, is he has the ball 10 seconds of possession, just like Harden used to in his heyday. And until the Mavericks either get a player who absolutely demands more of the possessions, and that's not Porzingis, no offense to how, even though Porzingis is playing well, I, there's not a good argument for getting the ball out of Luca's hands. And so they're going to have to like get the right kind of guys. I want to see Reggie Bullock play more minutes with Luca. I know he's playing some. I want to see, and like the data actually is terrible if you look into their lineups. But you know, you sign a guy like Reggie Bullock for a reason. I want to see what can happen. And and you know, from there, it's just that the Mavericks also have to be interested in more than just two players every off season. They were never interested in in DeRozan. They had zero interest in Caruso. Which, you know, you guys know, it, I, that was my dude. And Caruso's going to be like an all-NBA-level defender at this point. Right. I mean, and, and Lon- they had no interest in Lonzo. It kills me. Right. It's like, oh, look at the good players. Like, you, you have to be interested in more than just one player. Uh, I agree. I 100% agree. And uh, it would be nice if we could go for, you know, somebody that's a little bit higher tier. Seriously go for somebody that's higher tier. Uh 
because I'm tired of getting excited about mediocre players. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us. You got anything else for us? That's it. Uh, keep being the grouch that you are. I think I speak for everybody in the room when I say we love you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Have a good night, you man. Too. All right. Uh, all right. I want to say Braylon. How do I, I hope I said your name right. How you doing? It's uh, Breland. Breland, my Breland. Yeah, my. It's it's weird. People people get my name wrong a, a lot. So, what can we do for you tonight? Um, well, I'm not really worried about, only thing I'm worried about, uh, Luca is that ankle. Um, he just, he, you know, messed it up a few times. I don't know if he's still feeling the effects of it. I think that's what makes this loss extra frustrating because he was clearly playing through it because if he wasn't, there was no other ball handler other than Trey Burke. Um, and so for them to lose and then for him to, you know, wouldn't shock me if he misses the game against Cleveland Monday. Um, but it's, that was, that was a particularly uh, frustrating element. Yeah. That, um, that ball handler comment, that was, that was, it's a good segue because I was about to go to that next, um, yeah, with JB out, that was, you know, he was, <laughs> he was really feeling that too. Um, Trey Burke, he, he did pretty well tonight, but to be a distributor, you, you know, we gotta have something, we gotta have someone there. And Frank also, like that, that was, those are two big losses that we needed tonight. Yeah. No, the, the, Jose in the chat just mentioned Carlick Jones time, which they would have to like let somebody go, I think, in order to be able to bring him up. But it, it is, it's, it's just, you know, injuries are part of it. So you don't want to like completely like blame it on injuries, but to, to have so few guys that you're suit, that you're confident with handling the ball when it's the game these days feels so ball handler dependent. Um, relative to, you know, the way the game was played even 15 years ago. So to go in and, and, you know, we've been clamoring for like a second ball handler all off season. Right. And so, okay, let's just say Brunson's that guy, which I kind of feel like he is. He's, he's earned that earned our respect enough for that. Yeah, but then it's, it, yeah, he's been good. And, and so it's like, now you're like, okay, well now we need a third one is what this sort of stretch of, of basketball has shown to me because they had to play a Gimpy Luca. And, and that just has kind of downhill consequences at a point in the season when, you know, you'd like to continue notching up victories. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just something that it, I wish, I wish that the Mavericks wasn't so stubborn about. Like, if you, if you want to get better, you know, at least like make a trade for some, a big man or, or ball handler. You get both. Shit. It's like, yeah, yeah. Do something. So, and I get why, you know, they started off that 1920 season, like 16 and five. And I feel like they've been able to recap. They're trying to recapture elements of play. And, you know, they played so well in the bubble, even with Dwight Powell out. And they just keep trying to recapture something that I'm not sure they're ever going to be able to get again. Sometimes things just work and then they don't work anymore. 
as as Kenny in the chat just noted, get better players. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Like with that, we no draft, no draft picks. That's right. I mean, that's right. It's but, tough. Um, a little tidbit uh, from what you just said about hanging on to. I think they. I think they cling too much on. Uh, I think they cling too much on that 2011 championship, where, where you know everybody keeps on saying that Dirk was the only All Star and this and that. It's you know, <laughs> the thing was, we had way better players back then. Oh yeah, even, even though they wasn't. All uh, all stars anymore, or consider them all. I mean, they still was stout defensively, and you know they they kept up. Well, and what the Mavericks did in those days, and and you know we all remember this, but they basically mixed and matched every two to two and a half years. You know, Josh Howard was a linchpin of those. You know. 2000, like the finals team and then the, and then the 67 win team. But when they decided to move on from him, it was, I mean, they got lucky to a degree because he was almost on his way out of the league. We didn't know that yet, but you just, you, you can't be so proud of your successes, meaning like Maxi, uh, Dorian, um, and maybe even Brunson to a degree that you let those successes prevent you from the opportunity of, of increasing the range of your ceiling. Like I think this team as stands in the right playoff matchup can get to the second round. I don't think they can get to the finals, but I do think they could get out of the first round. Yeah. That's my, uh, that's my expectation for them. Second round. Yeah. Well, thank you. You got anything else for us? Nope. All right. I hope you come back. Appreciate you. I'll see you later. All right. Coming up next. Christian, what's happening? Christian. Christian's up there in Chicago, and he uh, forgets how to use his mute button every now and again. It it kept, like, notifications kept going, so I – because I was in the chat, I couldn't press back. But thanks for having me up, Kirk. How you doing? Good thing, bud. I'm okay. Man, I mean – so when it comes to making moves, I'm all for making moves around the fringes. Uh, obviously, getting Goron would, you know, be certainly beneficial. I don't think it would be anything massive, but I definitely think we should tinker around the edges. Um, I just don't get when it's close. It was a two-point game later uh, what, with a minute or so left. I just don't get why we don't spam a pick and roll with KP and Luca that whole time. That should be the go-to play, especially at that point of the game. And I, I just, I, I don't get why, why we didn't do that. I, it was, uh, I, I think the way you framed it, it being disappointing was kind of right on the nail. Um, I I just feel like it was a winnable game that we let slip away, and the shot selection of the game. I don't know why when uh, Gafford wasn't in or was in, we didn't just use uh, KP at the five. We kept putting you know two bigs in there or 
you know, having Maxi and KP, whatever, but mm-hmm. we need to get him out of the paint. I mean, he's just a wrecking ball down there. And I, I don't know. I, I just didn't get it. Um, yeah, frustrating. And I think, you know, obviously that, that kind of falls on kid largely. Uh, but what did you think kind of about the rotations tonight? I mean, it's, it's, I, I, this might've been one of kids more challenging coaching games. Um, after I thought he had, you know, working Powell out of the rotation against the Clippers was smart. And then I think, you know, they, they were just down just enough guys. Uh, and they don't really have a lot of options. Um, I don't understand why they wouldn't continually roll or you run the KP, um, the, the, the KP Luca pick and roll with KP diving. Like there was not a lot of KP at the rim tonight. Um, and I think that's been one of the things that's been more helpful to him lately. There's been some here, like KP had a really nice, like elbow post move where he dribbled left into the paint after, after like getting a mismatch and just like scoring really nicely. And then like, they just didn't really give him a lot of looks in the third quarter. A couple that he had weren't or in the fourth, third and fourth quarter. So that was pretty frustrating to me. I thought Luca forced a lot. I really don't, you know, Luca had like a really nice counting stats game. We just talked about this on our podcast, but I don't think he had a very good game. Uh, once again, he missed free throws and just, I don't know. It, it, the, the fact that they went from scoring 69 points to 45 points is kind of, it, it's just, it's, it's the way this team is, is like two steps forward, two steps back. Yes. They're two games over 500, but you know, we wrote about the, the you know, Pythagorean win expectation, which I know nobody wants to talk about this crap, but the bottom line is based on their point differential, they should be like a something like 7-11 and 11 team right now. Instead, they're 10-8. and eight. Um, You take this stuff. You're happy with the wins. But it's it's there's just something that makes you wonder if they're as good as is. I think that like the the pieces they just need. I think they just need to mix it up. I don't know if they're gonna. I I, I said this earlier in the green room. I think they're gonna kind of just due to default. They're probably gonna stumble into being you know six to eight games over five hundred, which I'm not gonna complain about that. Eh, that's not true. I'm of course I'm going to complain about that. But it, it the games have been way too grindy. I don't really know what to do about it. I don't know. If, I don't know if they know what to do about it. Like they're trying stuff. Like. Uh, Matthew Phillips talked about this in the podcast. Like, I think a lot of us expect them to start shooting better, but they're not going to start shooting better in a way that like corrects them back to the mean. He referred to it as the gambler's fallacy. Like they're not going to start shooting as 50% from three. They're going to return to their average, which is like 37 to 38%. So we'll see what they do. Yeah. I, and I mean, I, I would like to see a bit more Reggie. I think, uh, I can't remember who put in the chat. I believe it was the last time kind of, uh, how his shot percentage uh, from three increases virtually every month. And, you know, he's pretty bad in October, November, and part of December. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, I well, I certainly hope uh, it continues on that trend and he doesn't continue the way he is. Um, and then just kind of the last thing I wanted to say and kind of get your get your thoughts on it. You know, I'm good with the fringe moves that we can make to obviously get better. Uh, but I want to wait for that uh, pick to the Knicks today and then take a swing um, on a on a real star. Uh, what do you think about that? Or would you rather, you know, if we have the ability to get uh, Larry Nance for a first or, you know, something that could, you know, be really beneficial, uh, but also take away asset? What would you think about that? 
Well, I think they're saving all their picks because they like they sort of back themselves into this corner because by 2024, that Luca will have two years left on his deal, right? I don't know how many years. He'll he'll have enough years at that point to where all the talking heads will be talking about it unless the Mavericks have made some serious progress. And at that point, it becomes the oh shit, keep Luca happy trade, uh, which was basically what the Bucks did for Drew Holiday. Only it worked. <laughs> um, really, no other way to say that because they won the championship and now he's he's there. So, like that's sort of the what what's next is is going to be like the big superstar trade if it becomes available. Like like I kill them and the smart person says to me, you know, Mark Stein says this to me. He's like, what would you have them do? And like this is where I keep coming back. Or I'm like, why are people asking me this? I'm not Dalton. I'm not any pie in the sky dreamers. I don't give a shit what they do. I want them to do something. And I also don't want them. And, and I think I'd probably be happier if I wasn't constantly fed the line of big things are coming. You just, you wait, big things are coming and Reggie Bullock. Like I'm happy with Reggie. I'm pleased. Like, but stop setting us up for this. But they're, they're, you know, that that's what's coming though. Likely is they probably won't be able to do too much unless like something wild happens. But I, I still want them to try. Like I, this is just this is what the best GMs in front offices get paid for. It's like being creative and doing different stuff. And the fact of the matter is, outside of drafting Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson in 2018, this team has not made a move that was really, really like unbelievable since trading for Cron Butler <laughs> like in 2010, you know, it's like, it's that far back. Yeah. Yeah. It's been brutal. And, you know, I'd be fine with getting rid of Josh green for some Who? Kind of rotation. Who is Josh? Green? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the guy that was supposed to develop under kid and, you know, can't get past, you know, when we're down all these guys still can't get a minute in the game. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, appreciate it as always bringing me up, Kirk. Hope you have a great night. Uh, oh, thanks, buddy. All right. Coming up next, we'll fly through some folks and we'll go to bed. Jose, what's up? Hey, how you doing? All right. 11.15. We're cooking with gas. This is early. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to join the other green room last time, and I fell asleep. Honestly, magnificent. The, the one the Clippers game. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, I wonder. So, like, you just didn't. You never not answer, and I was like, oh, there's something with the audio. That's that's. No, I, I I was gonna get on here and say like, look at me staying up at one something in the morning and talk about these damn ass, but I'm I'm here. I'm awake, but um. Er- Everybody has been, well, everybody, at least in the green room, has been saying this, that we need better players. And just a couple of minutes ago, uh, some of us in the, in the chat were bigging up our, our NBA G Leaguers. That's how bad it is. But our G Leaguers kind of show more heart than the, the main roster. And that's kind of sad to say. I mean... Frank Nina does a really good job at what he does and what he brings to his team, but he's injured right now and not developing Josh Green or Moses Brown. Like uh, Brad, Brad Townsend has said that uh, we don't see what, what Moses does in practice and are, are we that 
assured of ourselves that we want to see Moses Brown play. Like, yes, you're you're telling me KP, Dwight, and Willie only combined for 10 or 11 rebounds while one player on the opposing team easily matched that? Like, Montrez, Her- oh. You're still here. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, and, and then like uh, Montrez Harrell, like I, I didn't like that guy when he was on the Clippers, but I love his, his play and what he was doing to the Mavs tonight just <laughs> reinsures that that Montrez Harrell with with the Mavs would have been a great pickup as well. So I'm I'm gonna take blame because I'm five six, you know. I gave up a lot of rebounds, you know, it's the it's the <laughs> fans fault for for not being able to pull out these games. You know, Luca on one leg is still better than any of the other Mavs on this team. So, uh, I mean, I take full responsibility for not being able to rebound and make open shots. So it's funny, Xavier and Matthew and I just talked about this in the recap podcast. And so the, here's here's what's happening with, with Moses Brown, in my opinion. I have nothing to back this up, but follow the logic on this. So Moses Brown is either so horrendous on basic defensive decisions, meaning the first rotation, he doesn't know what to do after that, which is, is really where the Mavericks got smoked tonight. Like, they were just getting killed at the rim because every rotation, everybody was late, and it's hard. Like, a, a good ball movement offense results in guys getting hung up to dry on defense. That's the point. But Moses, I think, is apparently so bad on the first rotation, and this is just a guess, again, that they don't feel like they can play him. Or Jason Kidd is a terrible coach. Those are your two choices. There is no other in between there. And so I've heard it from both sides from people being like, you guys need to lay off Jason Kidd. He's doing just fine. Look how hard they're playing on defense, yada, yada, yada. Okay, I'm willing to hear that. Or or these guys are all really bad, and what the Mavericks have the problem of is they have six different centers who are actually one, like a variation of the same guy. Like it, it, It's really kind of crazy. I don't know, what, but I hear you. I would like to see it. At this point, I would just like to see it to confirm what I think because – I don't see how it can be worse than what we saw tonight is, is really where my brain is at. I'm pretty sure. you're. Yeah. I'm, I'm there because uh, again, uh, one player easily outmatched three of our supposed big men and they're pretty much kind of all built the mm-hmm. same. The white power will has these inflatable muscles that don't do shit. And Willie Collie sign, he's just taking up damn space. I, I really don't understand, you know, why is it so hard to put a 21 year old, seven foot something out there who is willing to play with energy? I mean, uh, people big up Dwight Powell for playing with energy every single time, but the games that I have seen, or, you know, the small increment of minutes that I've seen, Moses Brown play, he plays with a lot of energy. So, you know, I, I just want to see it. And if Moses Brown is trash, that's fine. That that just is telling as to what Mark Cuban has failed to do over the last couple of seasons. I'm I'm gonna ask a what if question to you. So in the the draft that we got Luca, we got Jalen Brunson. 
but Mitchell Robinson was there. Would would you have taken Mitchell Robinson over Jalen Brunson? Because at the time, the, yes. And yeah. I wanted them at the time. I think it's safe to say that I was wrong. Um, but I wanted like a guard and a big man. And we got a guard in Luca, ball handler, playmaker, whatever you want to call him. And then I wanted a guy like like that. But I mean, I, you know, Brunson is a top 15 player in that draft, which is pretty impressive considering how many unbelievable dudes are in that draft. Yeah, like uh, I, I was listening to Locked On Mavs like a couple of days ago, and they brought up Mitchell Robinson's name. And uh, like just, just being able to have a big man like that because – he doesn't play very much, though. That dude gets yeah. hurt a lot because he's just it, – it's like uh, gravity doesn't pertain to him because he, he like the man seems to play so hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I really think that, that the Mavericks have to make a lot of moves at the trade deadline or they just have to build with whatever draft picks they get because I, I just don't see any way that – that the roster could dramatically improve by, you know, just trading like a Willie or even a Dorian or Jalen Brunson. I just don't see it because we're three years in into Luca era where we just really haven't built. And when I had asked you earlier uh, this season, if, you know, it's time to blow it up or if it's time, if it's time to do something, and like I, I'm just feeling like it, it's time to just blow it up, go ahead and, and cut ties with our losses and just accept it that we fucked up. Well, Mark Cuban fucked up because, you know, us fans, we didn't have nothing to do with that. I mean, that's the thing with with Cuban is he's never going to admit that what they did was wrong. So I think at this point, it's just sort of weathering and hoping that that things pan out in a way. But again, you know, it, the West is such a mess this year. I think they're going to be able to play with their food for a while and be okay. And then if they head into the playoffs and, you know, we, we just kind of got to hope for the best and then, you know, not be, and then hope we don't get yelled at by various Mavs employees on social media, you know? Right. Well, that's all I got for you, right. Kurt. Thanks for bringing sure me thing, up. buddy. Okay. Ooh, we have more, more people wanting to chat. Looks like I ain't going to bed after all. I got 8% on my phone though. So let's, let's, let's go. Tyler, what's up? Hey, Kirk. Uh, thanks. Thanks for bringing me on. Um, and I've been on a few times, but I wanted to like the first guy, I just want to say thank you for doing this. These things are really cool and helpful to vent. Um, but, um, so I got like a lot of thoughts and I'm just going to kind of spit them out and then end on one thing or end on a main thing. Like I'll start with like the roster construction is just bad. It puts us in a bad. Am I muted or can you hear me? You Sorry. are good. I mute myself so you don't get any background. Cause I'm off to. Okay. I saw that I was muted. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> But the roster construction um, puts us in a tough spot. Uh, signing Dwight Powell um, after that rookie contract, just like, I don't know what we're doing there. I don't know why we brought Willie Cauley-Stein back. Um, I mean, that's a cheap one, but the Dwight Powell one's pretty pretty tough. And I don't even – I mean, 
I don't know. The roster construction is just bad. Missing on draft picks. Um, like we missed on all three a few years ago or two or three years ago. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that, like, I mean, we're just limited because of that. Um, I did see you on Twitter say something about Trey Burke, you know, raising his um, value and possibly being a trade piece. I want that. <laughs> that was me being an ass. <laughs> well, I think that's a good, like, you know, you said, you know, every team in the NBA could use a Trey Burke and he can make shots and he can, I mean, that is valuable. Um, especially he can hit the mid range shot lately, which is valuable in the postseason. I mean, I, I don't really like Trey Burke that much at all, but uh, if we could trade him for something and, you know, Willie Colley Stein or somebody for an, another big, like that'd be cool. But, um, uh, you you, sp- you uh, spoke about Lonzo Ball. I thought he would have been like the um, ideal point guard to have with Luca. I mean, he can defend. He can really lock down. Uh, he can shoot the three now, and he can handle the ball, which we need ball handling. Um, it's shown that I muted him. I- can you still hear me? Yeah, you're good. No, don't worry. I would let you know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um I, so I would have liked to see Lonzo or Caruso would be great. He can do some, some of the similar things. Um, but uh, in this game in particular, um, I, I'm going to say the same thing I said about the end of the Clippers game the other day is I thought coaching um, I, like the last, so it's, it's ironic that I heard Jason Kidd when he played for us said that um, I think he was talking about playoff games, but I think it pertains to a, a close game like this or with an even teams like, like us and the wizards right now. Um, he said like, you know, the, the game really starts in the last four or five minutes of the fourth quarter. And it was a close game at that point. And um, I, you know, so I start, you know, really watching our possessions when it gets down to that point. And our first possession, we get KP. Um, he catches the ball like 15 feet out with Beal on him and just pulls up and bricks the shit out of it. And those those post up or pull ups are just terrible. Um, you mentioned when he made that move down low. I think he had Kuzma on him, and he just took like a power dribble, like to the side and kind of towards the basket, put his body into him and put it up. Like those, when he's like in inside ten feet or ten feet and in, like his percentage has got to be pretty decent. It seems like he makes a decent amount of those, but when he's like outside of ten feet, um, it's just. It's not consistent enough, but we had that. Then we uh, had the ball like get bounced out, uh, or like a deflection or something. We had it in the backcourt, and Timmy. That was I don't a know bad what the shot. Was doing. That was a bad I don't know shot. Yeah, there was like nine seconds left, and he just decided to like. I guess he didn't know how much time was on the clock, and like Luca was like waving at him with both arms, like flapping like a bird. Yeah, that was a bad one where he just it was yeah. a brick. I mean, and and so like when the game's at like four minutes left, and I mean these possessions really matter. And uh, yeah, yeah, Luca should have had the ball. I don't know why Timmy was like, all right, here's my chance to do something, and it was just like laughable, um, laughably bad. And then Luca like had a um, 
a you know a pull up deep three fader um, and bricked it, and it's just like not good mm-hmm. possessions. And yeah, they're all bad offense. Kenny is waiting to talk. I, I know he wants to talk about this, where he's just like it was a single pass or a shot. So like there was no offense. Like it was yeah. just yeah, and, and and it was said earlier, like um, you know, just run the 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 pick and roll with KP diving and and or try to get Luca going downhill and get you know have someone on his back and if someone uh, comes off to help then you he can spread it out to an open shooter but we just didn't have anything going and it's to me that's that coaching at some you know some level um, I know kid can't be out there on the floor but in those crucial minutes um, in a close game like we got to be doing something better than what we were I I just thought it was I don't know. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I guess I'm hard on kid, but, and I, I appreciate the defense. It's, you know, the active hands and stuff is, is a lot better this year, but the offense and the end of game stuff has not been great. And so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this one, maybe with a bit of an asterisk, but I'll put this one next to kid as well. Well, we, I mean, the game they play on Monday, they're playing a, a Cleveland team that I think, people who don't watch a lot of NBA are going to be kind of shocked about. Like, they play like 8-8. They have three seven-footers, two of which are just California condors, and blot out the sun uh, in, in terms of Mobley and um, what's the other, uh, Jared Allen. And and we're about to experience what a challenging defense looks like. Um, and, and so we're, we're going to see some ugly offense again unless they start to get a little bit creative. Like this is a the, to me this next game is going to be a big gut ke- a, a, a gut check game for Porzingis who seems seems to not love playing against like he, he really he really kills smaller guys he he doesn't really do the best against bigger guys the Jokic game against Denver was kind of an outlier which I love to see I want to see more from him don't want to criticize him too much I don't want to don't want people to take that the way but it's just we're about to see and like you know. People don't like hearing this, but Xavier wrote this. Like, eight of the Mavs' ten wins come from teams with a combined winning record of 30%. And, like, yeah, yeah, you want to beat your good team. You want to beat your bad teams. Really excited about that. Want to win because the Mavericks lost to a bunch of shitty teams last year. But, you know, 20 games in the season, you'd like to see them win a couple more against good teams. That's all. Yeah. Um, and, we, I mean, that Denver win doesn't even look that good right now. I think they're below 500. Um, yeah, they're, like, dying. Like, yeah. Denver – Denver is a team where it's like all, you know, you make plans and, and you know, the, the worst of, worst results sometimes. It's just not fair what's happening to them because they have like three yeah. really key players that are. Yeah, I feel bad for that that organization. Um, I actually really admire how they've built their team. Um, they, they have a lot of depth and even with their injuries, they've been able to hold up um, pretty well. But, yeah, you can only handle so many guys going down. Um, but yeah, I just think, um, you know, kid, I don't know. The late game stuff was not good. And then as far as you start team and the season going forward, like I really don't have a whole lot of confidence. Like the West is not that good this year. Um, and it's been a weird, even more weird NBA season than usual. But, um, you know, like I, I really, you said we're going to be a top, you know, a six seed or above no matter what. I don't know about that. I really don't. Um, especially if like Luca's getting hurt and we have more injuries to deal with or anything like that. But that's pretty much all I got. Um, thank you for having me on, Kirk. I really appreciate it. Sure thing, buddy. Thanks for coming up. All right. Then coming up next, I am going to bring up Kenny because Kenny doesn't hop in here that often, but I know he downloads and listens to most of our shows. Kenny, what's up, my guy? 
it auto mutes you. So remember that one. Oh, okay. I ain't been on here in a while, but I listen to every episode. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Good? All right, I'm, I'll make this quick. I just got home from the game, and it's I'm telling my wife, who isn't a basketball savant by any means, I said, just watch us play. Dribble, 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 long shot. Now go on the other side of the court and watch the Wizards. Pass, 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 layup. That's how you play basketball. You don't play basketball with one guy dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. But the way the roster is set up, we have no choice. And 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 I, I really don't like blaming the players anymore. It's not their fault. It's the fault of the front office. There's no way you can put Willie Cauley-Stein on the court, see what he does, take him out of the game, and then 10 minutes later bring him back in. That's insane. It's insane. Like, 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 this, like these big men are awful. Like, I literally think Willie Cauley-Stein is the worst player I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, like, let's go Josh Green at five. You at least know. Exactly. If, if, if you suck at basketball, you at least have to outwork people. Montrez Harrell sucks, but he's going to work. He's going to run. He's going to jump. He's going to rebound. He's going to do everything, but he sucks, but he tries. Willie Cauley-Stein, he's going to post his little cinematic oop dunk he had today and then be content with that. Like, He's not in the league if the Mavs don't sign him to a multi-year deal. That that oop. There was an oop at the start of the third quarter where Luka spoon-fed him. Like, the ball was over the rim. And instead of just grabbing it and dunking it, he waited almost too long and then grabbed it, and Gafford blocked him, and he fell over and, like, just crumpled like a paper bag. It was It's insane. And like I said, I don't like blaming the players anymore. It's not their fault. This front office and the coach knows that these guys cannot play, and you're surrounding a generational talent with players who probably can't beat me and you in a two-on-two. Like, yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'm 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 fine with. It. I got I was at the game today. I got my NFT, so I'm happy. That's all, the only reason I went. I definitely didn't go to watch them lose. I knew they were going to lose. Embarrassed they embarrassed me in front of Jamie Foxx. I'm so disappointed. Can we sign him? I saw him hit a shot from the logo a pregame. I mean, he's from Texas. He, he, he might be the only person who wants to he can play for Marquee. <laughs> but that's all I got. You can bring some out of Thanks for hanging out, Kenny. You're the best. All right. Coming up next, let's go with Grayson. How you doing, Grayson? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? I'm tired now. Last 10 minutes, I started feeling. <laughs> I don't know. I just – I feel like we um... – after the Clippers game, I was talking with a lot of people on Twitter, and it felt like everyone was on cloud nine, and I was excited after that game. But I feel like sometimes after wins, we just, like, think the Mavericks, we think the Mavericks are going to win the finals. Or they turned a corner. If that felt like a turning the corner game, it's like, all right, yeah, this is the one. Like, KP played 40 minutes. I was happy. Then they go out there, and they can't beat a Wizards team that didn't have Spencer Dinwiddie. I know his ex's guy, and uh, they should have tried to sign him in the offseason, um, but they didn't really get too close. I don't know. It's just frustrating, and I'm, I don't want to hit all the same points that everyone else did tonight, but it's starting to feel like the definition of insanity. I mean, I feel like I've watched this game like so many times now, 
um, with these same players, basically. I mean, I'm just ready for them to make a move and make a change. And um, I think I think KP's got to go at some point. I don't. I don't. I just don't see him. I don't know. He gives he gives a lot of spacing to the offense, which is very valuable. But at the same time, like clearly something's not working here, and I think they need to make a change. Um, I, I don't think they will because Cuban. In order for them to make a change, Cuban would essentially have to admit a mistake, and I don't think he's capable of doing that at all. Um, no, it's your and my fault. Yeah, it's, well, it's yeah, always, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's, so people that's trying funny. to trade Luca on Twitter. Right? Yeah, I've seen I've seen Hawks fans trying to trade Luca, um, but not Mavs fans. I think uh, it's the only guy that's untouchable for us. But um, I don't know. It's I'm not that frustrated with this loss. It's just like I've I've seen it. You know, it's I'm, I mean, how long are we gonna keep that, doing yeah, this? That's man? the are Josh Bow line. That's. That's where Josh is like, it's so funny, you know, you guys know Josh, he doesn't come on these, but he's in his podcast, he writes for us, and he's just like, I've written about this before, I've covered this before, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it feels to watch these games at this point, and like, I don't know, the Wizards are, like, they're a good team, you know, I mean, they're doing really well in the East right now, and they've played really well, especially since the end of last season. But, you know, still, they didn't have their second-best player tonight. And uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just tired, man. I'm tired of this. I, I need to see something different. Yeah, well, could be worse. Could be the Lakers. Could be about a lot of the teams in the West. That's what yeah. I'm going to keep telling myself is I just hope they don't go on an extensive We have Luka, and uh, it's a privilege and a gift to watch him play basketball every night. Even if he doesn't have the best game, I mean, I, I I'll always tune into every Mavs game to watch that man play basketball. For Maybe sure, better players around him. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out, buddy. Yes, sir. All right, we've got a couple more, and then we'll go. Sam, you've been waiting a while. How are we doing, Sam? Oh nope, accidentally me is gonna let Sam up on. There he is. How are we doing? Sometimes this app. Sam, you there? Hmm. All right. Try again in a little bit. Um, all right. Okay, here's my last guest here. The Big Shot blog. How we doing? Hit that unmute button. Hey. Yeah, hey, sorry. Hey, I'm doing pretty good, I guess. Um, so... I just wanted to say, um, you know, the Mavs, they pretty much live and die by like the three or by Luca. Um, and I just want to. Yeah, don't worry about the Don't worry about the dog. Mine's always okay. around. Hit that on mute. <laughs> Anybody listen to this after an hour is going to be fine. A little dog barking. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, I just want to say the Mavs, they should work on, like, maybe developing, like, a floater or something, you know? Like, that shot took over the playoffs last year, and, you know, it was, like, the new three-pointer. And you know, Well, that's Mavs- where Brunson was really missed tonight. Like, that's he he's really good at those kind of, you know, eight- to ten-foot shots. Like, I don't know if you, you – I don't think you call them floaters. He's good about, like, stopping on a dime and rising up and kind of getting a – is that sort of stuff like Luke is real good at him too? I just I think he would rather throw the oop. Um, 
and then the rest of the roster, I don't know, Timmy, I just, I just want Timmy to shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just last thing I wanted to say, you know, how is Cuban not feeling like, you know, the urgency to get Lucas some real help? Oh, I got an answer for that. That's a great question. I could go on for an hour about that because there's an entire group of people that really like talking about how great and how good everything is. I, I, I made the joke last uh, the last time I did one of these. My podcast wouldn't exist unless if, if there were more pressure put on them by the traditional media outlets. That does not happen. Um, there's a whole industry exi- that, that sort of exists that talks about, oh, this is how smart and how good they are. And I don't know why, because they've not been good for a while. They haven't won much in a while. Uh, you know, I, I love my man Mike Fisher. He's a friend of mine. But but him continually referring to Cuban, Carlisle, and Donnie as three of the best in the business when they didn't win shit for a decade is the kind of, um, let's just call it team-friendly coverage, I think. And I love my team. I love the Mavericks. I am fully invested in the Mavericks, but I, and I think more media needs to be a lot more confrontational with them. You know, human answers, everything that man will answer one of your emails. If you keep it concise and have like a simple thing to ask him, like if you were to ask him, Hey, you know, what crypto should I buy? He'll probably respond to you. It's, it's pretty wild, but, but people don't hold them to, to the fire often enough, which is why I got so heated that, you know, I didn't write about it because I just didn't want to pick at this anymore. But he, you know, did an interview out with an L.A. paper and, and had some shitty things to say about the fans. Again, like it's our fault for wanting Luca to be happy and wanting to win something. I don't know. That's just, that's just you know, it's, I could be wrong. Um, I don't think I am because I think that's where, like, the market for what we do at Mavs Moneyball and some of the other, like, local sports blogs has come from because there are people that actually want a little bit more <sighs> – let's just call it aggressive coverage. I mean, I know sometimes we go off the deep end, but, but that's, you know, that's where you get this from is, is people holding. That's why I'm, I'm just going to start saying like people get pissed at me for us writing a shitty article. Take that heat to Mark Cuban for building a shitty team. And they're not even shitty, but you guys know what I mean? The same teams. Yeah, no, well, I 100% support you doing that. So, cause I mean, I'm the number one Mark Cuban hater right now, just because, you know, I just hate it when, you know, they show like a shot of Mark Cuban on the sideline shaking his head in disappointment, but then he doesn't do anything to change it. So <laughs> it's, that, it's it's that one meme where it's like the guy shooting, shooting someone. And it's like, why would so-and-so do this? And it's like, you, you did this. I don't know. Oh, well, this is this is me, though. Like, they, again, you know, like everybody reminds me, hey, they're still 10 and 8. You know, let's save this for if, and to a certain degree, I get it. They, they, let's save it to where they're five games under 500 or something. And I don't think they will be. I just think this is just this team. This team just might not be very fun to watch this year. And I think we're gonna have to kind of come to terms with that. Yep. Yeah. I'm starting to see that we might just be like an above-average, mediocre team, and that's pretty much what we got to deal with all season. Yeah. Well, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you coming up. Yep. Thanks. All right, let's try Sam one more time. Sam, how are we doing? There we go. Is the audio going to work? Struggling to connect. That's okay. Um, All right. I'm going to go to bed almost midnight. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, We'll try this again uh, Monday night when the Mavs play the Cavs. Uh, I think it will be a really fun matchup. So we'll talk soon, and this has been Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. You guys go enjoy your Sunday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.